Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. I understand you did some, uh, a lot of aquatic activities this past weekend. <laughs> and by a lot, you mean 15 minutes of kayaking. Yes, <laughs> that is a lot for me. That's 15 minutes more than I did of any exercise this weekend, well, so you're a better man. <laughs> yeah, was... first time in my kayak. First time in the lake. So, Are kayaks kind of like a drone or a new Christmas toy in the, in the sense that you, you get it and it's so much fun to say you have it, but you only take it out like once a year? Or, or do you do it a lot? Uh, wait, my, I think my dad has done it a couple times, but... Um, uh, but yeah, so and we we got the inflatable kind, and so uh, that way just in, to store it during the winter. Obviously, Nebraska's not a year-round kayaking place, but but yeah, yeah, it was nice to kind of get in the water. And um, but yeah, I need to I need to uh, I need to do some more exercise if I want to do that again. <laughs> it's hardcore activity. Yeah, we we bought my stepfather a kayak maybe like ten years ago, and. Come to think of it, I've never seen that thing. And they live right by a lake, too. I've never seen that thing, like, out and about. I think it just kind of sat there. I could be yeah. wrong. But... I, I, need, I think we need one of those, something where you can pedal <laughs> instead. Yeah, the paddle boats. Yeah, or something like that. I like the paddle that, boats. That might be more up my, my alley. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, you're listening to the podcast Set Chatter Saturdays with Robert Patterson, the creator of the website set-chatter.com. Uh, follow him on Instagram at set underscore jetter. Uh, and it's going to be a great show. Before we get into the highest-grossing films of 1992, there's this burning question that the world has, Robert, and that's you have a passionate hatred for the film Crumpus. Crumpus? Yeah. I do. Why Crumpus? Um, and and you, you mentioned this a few days ago, and I was making a joke about Crumpus, and you said you almost wanted to hurl things at the screen. You were so angry. And you being... As I perceive, a very patient man that's seen a lot of like bad horror movies, this one angered you, and I need to know why. It did. I just did not care for this movie at all. I don't know if it's the acting and the script, and it was kind of overblown, and uh, I don't know. I just and I have friends that liked it, uh, but I just remember at the time, I one I couldn't wait for the movie to end, and then when it was over, I must we must have stayed until the end credits. Because I felt like I, my friend, I think I was just told I was seething. And I was literally ready to throw stuff at the screen. Whew. It's not a good that. film by any stretch. Um, <laughs> it has a cool kind of German folklore backstory, I guess, which could be done in like a cool light. But um, yeah, it was really bizarre. And they got, there was some like, if I'm not mistaken, there was some like good actors in it. Like they yeah, got they got David Adam Ketchner. Scott. Yeah, Tony yeah, Collette. Allison Tolman, who I, I love from Fargo, and uh, she's on the new season of Why Women Kill. That's right. That's how Crumpus came up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Conchata Farrell was in it. I think she just passed away. Uh, but, yeah, so there's there's a lot of people kind of going for it that I don't I, – I keep being told I should revisit it, but mm. we'll see. My, my blood pressure is high enough as it is. <laughs> I also feel like – because you're such a, you know, a well-traversed man of cinema, <laughs> that if you didn't like it, you're, I feel like your compass is pretty narrow and pretty smart as far as, like, what's good and what's not good. Maybe, maybe not, you know. I'm a big Grease 2 fan, too, which I get ridiculed <laughs> for, so every everybody has their own thing. Yeah, but it is, it is a bad film. And when that came out, um, I remember making jokes about, like, Crumpus, 
and I never saw it theatrically, but I did see it when it came to like you know whatever the streaming service was, and it was just so, it was just so bad, you know. It almost wanted to remind me of one of those like um, Norwegian horror movies, like tr- like the movie at the trolls and things mm-hmm. like that. But not as good, obviously. It just like it was just a weird kind of element to it. Tried to be really dark, and then it also tried to be Gremlins, and I don't know. That was I, it. I had trouble with that mix. Agreed. So we do not recommend Krampus here. It certainly does not hold up. Uh, some good anniversaries this week. Uh, one of my all-time favorite, Jurassic Park, was Friday, and then this weekend was what else? Right? Was Jurassic it World the Lost was Park? this weekend. Raiders Lost Park had 40th anniversary, and. My, um, like a lot of people, my 4K is delayed. I think it comes Monday because I thought, oh, it would have been the perfect time to watch it on the, the, the latest uh, updated scan on 4K, but I'll have to wait till later. Yeah. What, what was the other one? There was like one more, there was like another, there was a few of them. Um, there was another big one. Yeah. ET was this weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, and I can't remember all of them. Grease 2, of course. Grease 2. Um, 22 Jump Street. Another another biggie, and you mentioned uh, Jurassic World. Jurassic World, which we watched last night on the new uh, TV on the big 4K. To mm. and actually, I liked it more than I remembered, and I think um, Fallen Kingdom kind of retroactively ruined Jur- the Jurassic World a little bit for me. But for the most part, you know, there's there's some groaning parts, and it's probably a little bit overlong, but. They kept going, and um, they had a little bit of a curse of throw everything on the kitchen sink in, but yeah, for the most part, it was good. I agree. For the most part, it's pretty good. Um, favorite scene in that movie is, without a doubt, the uh, when the kids go back to the visitor center from the first one. It's like a little, you know, not a little, it's right on the nose nostalgia for people that love that first one. Like, this is it. They know what they're looking for uh, in the background. And, right, right. And Jurassic World ignored... Jurassic Park two and three, right? Uh, I think so. They kind of glossed it over, and I guess that's what we do now with Halloween and uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's coming out, and they're just like, yeah. yeah, this this is the sequel. I'm like, all right, right, this is it. Yeah, Halloween's like the king of that now. That's now, like I, what I genuinely think of. <laughs> I would not be against if the next Jurassic Park ignores Fallen Kingdom. I'd I know. be fine with that, but. Fallen Kingdom is the kingdom of the crystal skull. Anything with the word kingdom in it in these great sequels is bad. Uh, and now uh, photos of Harrison Ford on the set for mm. the next Indiana Jones. I saw that. Indiana Jones and the search for Geritol, the nursing home. <laughs> no, he's going to do a good job. Hey, you, real quick, on your website, uh, you posted some photos of uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you were at the scene... You were at the location with the scene where he dives into the water in the beginning yeah. with the, the boat. Where was that? Um, that's on uh, Kauai, and that's a location you can only get to if you take an RV tour um, to go on the, uh, the, the recreation vehicles. Um, so it had rained so much that usually you can actually swing into the, into the, the water, but it rained so much that the water was all kind of churned up, and they definitely recommend not doing that if that's the case so we took their recommendations to not do that oh. so well, you there, could on a, on a nice day dive in there yeah um but yeah it, it rained so much so and that particular tour i mean it's wor- worth it because uh, you have that 
uh, a couple other Lost World locations, um, Jurassic World locations that uh, you can't get to. It's on private land, but you can actually only get to it if you're on this RV tour. Now, that's so much fun. Yeah. Because they still had, like, the vine there, like the vine rope thing. You know what? They said during the tour that they had the original, the original rope for a long time, and it kept getting worn down. And then I think they had a piece of it that they kept in the shed, and then it kind of, I think, disappeared or something like that. But if they, oh. if they would have known, they obviously would have cut that down and framed it. Oh, yeah. You know, but... But yeah, so that that that's a great scene. Um, yeah, they did. They filmed uh, quite a bit on that island. The opening look, shot. That, that's a great great shot you got. With the yeah, uh, the iconic uh, Paramount fades into the mountain. Mm-hmm. That's you know standing for South America is really cool. Absolutely. So and I always forget it was filmed in Kauai. Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark because it, it they film in a lot of locations. But I always like whenever I think of Kauai, I think of just Jurassic Park. Just, so lost. Spielberg must like it. Works Must like him. it. Big fan. Um, all right. So do you want to jump into the highest grossing films of 1992? Sure. All right. You, I think I'm going to call you Robbie for the rest of the show. Okay. <laughs> Go Robbie? for it. Yeah. I thought about that. Robbie, do you want to tell us what... I say it too much to where it's annoying. You're like, you don't have to say my <laughs> like, name. It's not Carol Ann. <laughs> Carol Ann. Oh, Robbie. that's right. Was it Poltergeist 3? I think just had their uh, anniversary as well. We'll, we'll get Hancock, to that seven. in... I guess we already got to that one, yeah. Did we? 88, yeah, so we, I yes. think we talked about that. Robbie, what is number one on the highest grossing films? Batman Returns, and I I remember being excited to see this one in the theater, and it's one of those that, at the time, fulfilled all expectations, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is probably one of my favorite characters. So good. Uh, it still holds up for us. Yeah. Absolutely. And to the point, I actually just ordered a Catwoman figure of Michelle Pfeiffer. So, no and way. They have a version with her hair kind of sticking out at the end. So, that's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm excited to get that. I think next month or so it comes out. So, that's awesome. Yeah. I watched this. I saw this in the theater. I think it was opening night. If not, it was opening week. And I watched it again last night to get like in the ready for the show. And everything about this movie is great. And speaking of action figures, um, I remember when this came out, they had action figures, but the penguin was so, like too scary or something for kids. <laughs> so the action figure they released for Batman Returns was like the old, um, who played it, uh, Meredith Burgess. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it was him. Yeah, it was like Bur- his Burgess his, Meredith. Or Mer- yeah, it was him okay. from like the '60s version. Yeah, it was like you know <laughs> Catwoman, Batman. Max Shrek, and then like 60s Penguin because they didn't want like the scary Danny DeVito. It was so weird. But, uh, but yeah, no, I still, I think it's a, it was a good move to move it to winter. And mm. uh, it, I don't know, yeah, the movie, it actually, it works better than the original for me. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's a much better film. Uh, and I do like the Christmas setting, like, you know, the wintertime, it's, it works. Uh, next is Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> And these all blur together. I don't, actually, I don't even know how many lethal weapons there are, but there's uh, four. Okay, I think is this one where the house falls down on the hillside? I can't remember. But... They all blend together for yeah. me. And this is when the cover. I just remember the covers. Joe Pesci was always kind of hanging out in the back, like I'm in this too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, uh, it's probably contractual that he had to sh- show up somewhere on the <laughs> yeah the poster, but yeah, I think so. so. No, no, for me, it didn't hold up at, at the time either. Negative. Uh, what is next? What's Sister next, Robbie? Act. Sister Act. 
uh, Whoopi Goldberg favorite. Talking about my God, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Sister Mary Robert. I uh, might have seen this once. So, but th- this movie wasn't made for me either. No. Um, I still like this movie. It still holds up. I just watched it not too long ago. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's really cheesy with the um, the 90s like fashion in there. You know, the nuns are in this like church in a bad neighborhood and all the people around just have like jean jackets and like are spray painting and they're like, yo, sister, what's up? And then they're like dancing. It's like, it's very 90s, but it's got a good message. Here we go. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> very different script from the first Home Alone. Very different. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I think I did. See, well, I, th- I did see this one as well, not in the theater, because you, you know very well how I feel about the first Home Alone that I can't talk about. But um, so not a fan of this one either. And this one obviously got a little bit more news in the past four years about a certain cameo <laughs> that uh, is it Canada cut it out or supposedly cut yeah. out that scene yeah. for time. Ta- for time. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, for time. Um. Speaking of that person that was in this movie, that cameo, apparently that was a stipulation in a lot of the movies. And what they did was they cut him out after they filmed it. But for some reason, they like forgot to do it for this. I don't, I don't know if that's true or if it was just intentional because yeah. they ended up changing their mind years later. But um, this still holds up for me with all its flaws. I still watch this every year. I will say, though, what doesn't hold up about this is the violence in the movie. I mean... Yeah, of course, there's like fun gags, but if you throw three bricks at somebody's face <laughs> from the top of a building, they're, you're going to kill them. You like, know, that's I, very violent to throw bricks. And I don't know if it was Corridor Crew that th- there's been videos for the first time alone where people do. Here's how it would really, the violence would really affect them. The people they kind of redo the special effects. I think they did Home Alone, the first one. Maybe not Home Alone too. They also did Willy Wonka, and it's actually one of my favorite episodes where you actually see what happens to uh, Veruca <laughs> after she goes through the, uh, the thing. And so yeah, so if you haven't uh, if, uh, seen it, check it out. That it's one of my favorite Corridor Crew episodes. What is it called? Corridor Crew. So uh, it's a group of Los Angeles special effects guys, and they, they do actually, they're kind of a special effects house, but they also do uh, at least weekly or bi-weekly videos of uh, different things where they analyze different special effects, and then every once in a while they kind of dare each other, or not dare each other, but, you know, uh, everybody takes a scene from Willy Wonka and makes it an R-rated scene. They also do the, they did the same thing like with Marvel movies, you know, because people are kind of oh, flying yeah. off or whatever, and they just kind of... Uh, fix it up a little bit so uh, bodies are kind of splattering rather than just like oof and off to the side and obviously Marvel movies can't be that violent but the reality is if you know these superheroes are flinging guys across you know their heads are going to fly off and everything. Yeah it's going to be violent I'm saying I'm going to watch this later I see yeah. they did like Star Wars and, and the Marvel ones and yes. Harry Potter <laughs> this is great That that's going to be the, the rest of the afternoon. It's a good chuckle uh, next, we have uh, Wayne's World. Camera one, camera two. <laughs> camera one, camera two. So I was, I was obviously, I was 22 at this time. So I was still Saturday Night Live. I, still, I mean, that was a good years, and uh, I was a fan of Wayne's World. And of course, Madonna showed up. I think 
they did a thing on Saturday Night Live together. So um, I haven't revisited this movie in a while, so I'm not sure how much that humor still works or not. Uh, yeah, um, I visited it not too long ago, uh, like within the last two months. And surprisingly, a lot of the humor does still hold up, um, which I didn't think it would because I, I just remembered seeing it. You know, I saw it in the theater. I saw it as a kid. A lot of the humor was like early 90s kind of SNL, like, you know, you'll hurl, man. And um, I feel like Garth's humor aged has aged a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not as good, but um but there are some scenes like the uh, you know the product placement scene and uh, <laughs> a lot of the corporate stuff still holds up because it's yeah. still like funny and and Rob Lowe's great you know oh yeah I forgot about him he's Benjamin that is um, what is next on our list Robbie Basic Instinct <sighs> so Sharon Stone obviously she was she's she was a pretty busy actress before this but this kind of catapulted her uh, into the stardom atmosphere. Wayne Knight was in this too, right? Yeah, he was one of the police detectives. <laughs> I know he's like the weakest like link that. in that movie. It's not, <laughs> but I'm just like Wayne Knight. I just, I don't know. I love Wayne Knight. He's just great. You know, and he that's was all having a good time. You know, this. he would show up in blockbuster movies, so can't can't complain there. Hopefully, he got some good royalty checks. I don't know. I hope so. Um, this was a. I mean, all these movies were big, obviously, but this one, this one I remember was like huge. They had. Like the soundtrack did really well. Like there was a lot of music videos for the soundtrack, and um, like it just, or maybe there was one. I forget what it was, but I remember this was like this was a big deal. Like everybody talked about this. I, I never saw it until like years later. Obviously. And so, so years later, obviously, how did that work with the kind of hype build up? We were like, this is just a run of the mill thriller with some, yeah. It, basically, and I just kept thinking of the loaded weapons scene where they're spoofing this, and it, it kind of ruined it for me. Um, and I saw what was the other one, the companion piece that was kind of sliver. Was that the one that came? Yes, back to I think if, yeah, I followed up, which uh, was built. Uh, that was based on a book. Uh, who wrote Rosemary's Baby? Ira Levin, I think, and Stepford oh. Wives. Yeah, so oh, okay. Uh, which I think I kind of at the time I kind of like sliver better. It's kind of a better you did. Thriller. But yeah, but both have these kind of, I don't know, women against women at the heart of it, you know, <laughs> and men are kind of caught uh, in between everything. And it's just, I don't know. And also kind of begat, uh, what's the Madonna one? Body of evidence, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we had a whole slew of femme fatales uh, after this. and We did. And uh, I am a... The sequel to this, I don't know if you've seen it. It's so bad, it's not even really watchable. Like you want, I, you really want it. A basic Instinct too. They'll be like, oh, let's just go over the top, and it just kind of, it kind of lays there. Did they do it just for a quick cash grab? Um, no, I think Sharon was against it, um, but I think they finally corralled her, and and she has kind of weird hair. She kind of has Courtney Cox screen three hair. You know, with oh uh, really two inch bangs, and it's just I do kind of remember that takes place in London instead, and I think which makes me think she just wanted to go to London. So yeah, yeah, vacation. Yeah, I'm th I'm thinking of Sliver when I mentioned that the soundtrack was really well. It was um, oh. can't help falling in love. Yes, UB40. That that song they played like a lot. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, next on the list is A League of Their Own. I just watched this again last night. 
Madonna's <laughs> performance is better than I, I remembered. All the way May. All the way May. The dress barely fits you. I don't plan on wearing it too long. Ooh, that, that crazy girl. Uh, yeah, so I, I was a big Madonna fan at the time, and so I think I probably would have seen this anyway. Um, but this film still holds up, and I think it, it holds up holds up over time because it is a period piece, and it doesn't feel like a 1992 movie uh, necessarily. I, Gina Davis, you can't go wrong. Um, I kind of forget about it's. You know, Tom Hanks might have been listed number one, but he's not really the star at all. Um, and they actually get a, a good performance mm-hmm. out of Laurie Petty as well. They do, and it's um, it's a very touching movie as well. You know, when they show the um, the original Peaches at the end and like the pictures, and you know, it, historically it's a true movie. Obviously, there's uh, a ton of liberties they took, but um, the backdrop of the war and showing the impact that they have on these women who are a lot of them are married, you know, and they lose their husbands. It's um, it's a really touching film. I think Penny Marshall did a did a great job. She did. Bill Pullman is that her husband? I think. Which yeah, he's he usually hard to take seriously anytime he shows up on screen. But uh, yeah, I thought that too. He did it for this one. So well, he and shows I think, up with a cast, and he's he, like, he, "It was a sniper. <laughs> he got seven of us." I'm like, "Well, that's not funny." But the way you're saying it makes me want to laugh. <laughs> but yeah, so still holds up, and it's obviously always worth a rewatch. Next on the list is Aladdin. This is uh, Disney's third animated film after like the Disney Renaissance of the '90s. So this one was huge. Yeah, and then yeah, so this was kind of the I don't know if they call it the second golden age of Disney animation, but with Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and uh, Lion King coming up, that uh, they they were just kind of hitting it out of the park at everyone. So um, I was a fan of this, and I was a fan of this, the soundtrack and the songs. Um, I haven't seen this version in a long time, uh, but then on one of my uh, airplane rides, I, I did watch the live-action version, <laughs> uh, which oh, Disney's now doing. Uh, yeah, just to see, and it was just... It's, it's, it didn't feel special at all. Yeah. It's Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's he, not. He was it, fine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like I, I think it falls flat. Um, the the live action one. Um, I I lo- I love this movie a lot, and I, I probably watch this maybe once a year. Um, and you know, Robin Williams as the genie, it's probably my second like favorite performance of his. I just think it's a it's a well done movie. Yep. Uh, what is next, sir? The hand that rocks the cradle. When a uh, Julianne Moore is kind of. Early films. I think she was in The Fugitive before this, if I remember. But uh, and uh, Rebecca De Mornay and uh, I like Rebecca De Mornay a lot. I wish she was in more stuff. <laughs> uh, which is she's almost obviously. I forget that it came out the same year as Basic Instinct, but it kind of falls into that same thing that I was talking about. That usually kind of the blonde. Uh, villain and it's usually yeah woman versus woman and stuff like that so um, I usually catch this when I'm traveling for some reason it's on some TV really? yeah it, it always is I'm like oh let me see what parts it at and 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 I, pretty, I think usually tune yeah. out after uh, the the greenhouse scene where oh yeah it goes down I'm not quite sure how that I can't remember how it actually killed her but yeah this this movie followed that trend of like the woman you know coming into the the happy home and you know woman versus woman kind of thing and uh they try to up the stakes a little bit with this one yeah um, 
Next, we have uh, number 10 on the list is Under Siege. I'm shocked it's number 10. I am too. Uh, so, obviously, uh, another post Die Hard. I think they called this one. Was this one they called Die Hard on a Boat? Or, you know, they always kind of had Die Hard yeah. on whatever it happens to be. Yeah, and, Die Hard on the Ship. Uh, but yeah, so no, this didn't hold up at the time, but obviously, it did for audiences. Apparently, um, so well that they made Under Siege 2, where <laughs> when you're off of one vehicular transportation mode, jump to another one. So the next one, they're on the train. Oh, well. Yeah. It's like speed. Uh, you know, you get off the bus, you go to the boat. <laughs> Here, you get off the boat, you go to the train. You know, throw in the plane next, then, you know, jet skis, whatever, you, whatever it takes. Speaking of, today's anniversary for Speed 2, which... I haven't, I haven't created a post yet, but well, I haven't gone to all the lo- uh, Los Angeles locations yet, but I went to a few during my last trip. <laughs> few of the Speed 2, I think you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, during the opening scenes with the, the motorcycle and stuff like that. But... Did you post about that, those when you were here? No, I just put them on Facebook with, with some pictures. So I think that's what I remember saying. And people were like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Under Siege was one of those films that, as a kid, I kind of thought it was cool, but I never watched it again. And then looking back, I realized, no, it wasn't good. I think I just wanted to like it because it was popular, but it wasn't. It's got Gary Busey, right? Does it? I don't know. Yeah. I think he's like a naval commander or something. You're like, oh, God help the special forces. (laughs) Jeez. Captain Crazy. So this is where I feel like the '90s. I'm like, that's the top ten. You know, the, I mean, there were some some good ones in there, but there's some that are just like, uh. Yeah, I, I feel like there's like three powerhouses there. The rest are kind of duds. But uh, but I do like the '90s because then we start uh, later '90s get the resurgence of uh, independent films and indeed, which rarely show up in the top ten, but once in a while they do. Yeah, once in a while one sneaks through. Uh, some honorable mentions. These are um, films that we feel are w- w- honorable mentions. Uh, number one is The Bodyguard. Kevin Costner was deep in his, like, he was like at the peak of his success around this time. Him and Whitney Houston. Um, I, uh, I, don't, I don't particularly feel this holds up. No, and I didn't really like it at the time, but uh, like you said, there at this time, there's enough. You just had to have those two in a movie, and you have to have a good soundtrack, and that's about all you needed, and and it worked. And people still... I'm not sure how many if people still like this movie, or do they just like the music video for the movie? <laughs> I think it's the music video. This movie was all about I Will Always Love You, and she had a slew of other you know great songs from it. Um, but I watched the movie again, like maybe in the last two years, and it just seems kind of silly, because she's a singer, you know, and she gets death threats and all that. So like her like 30 detail security team aren't enough. So like Kevin Costner's got to come in because he's Kevin Costner. And it's just kind of silly. You know, it's like you are just a singer at the end of the day, a very famous one in the movie, but like you're not the president. And it's like, it's this weird. I don't know. It's cheesy. We'll, but. we'll save that for the end, the line of fire in the line. of fire. Clint always has to be taken out of retirement. To- oh Yeah. I watched that not too long ago. Yeah. Well, that's 93, right? I think so. I, I, I watched it a couple years ago because I was staying in the hotel where they shot. So I thought, oh, I better watch some oh. scenes. But yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions, A Few Good Men. 
you can't handle the truth. I was say, I think it's mostly known for that line. Um, and, oh, yes. uh, the, uh, same thing they had, you know, what do you have? Tom Cruise and Demi Moore and you, you have a, Jack. Jack you know, can't go wrong with that cast. Um, so yeah. even the worst of plays can be made into blockbuster movies, obviously, uh, for that. But, but people don't kind of remember this movie. Kevin Bacon, of course, is in it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of beyond that particular scene. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it's the performances are well done. It's kind of a boring movie to me, um, but it's an actor's movie in the sense that you have Jack Nicholson, you know, spewing I, I, these great lines. I was at a training a couple of years ago, and and the the trainer at the time says, "Now I want to show you a, a clip from one of my favorite movies." And I'm like, "Oh, let's see what this was." And it was like, a few good men. I'm like, "All right." And I was like, "Is it gonna be?" The scene, but no, it was when Tom Cruise first meets Demi Moore and and kind of that whole scene, how they kind of interacted with each oh, other. Oh, really? And, yeah, and he was he was a huge Tom Cruise fan, so he's just gushing about uh, how well Tom did in this scene and his nonverbals and stuff like that. And I oh, just no, I kind of felt almost kind of like a cramp this time. Just like <laughs> this was a teacher. Yeah, this is a trainer. So this was he was trying to do some examples of, of something. Oh. So, but you know, I get it. If I was if I was going to be using movie uh, things, I would be picking my favorite movies too and say, "This yeah. is just like Madonna." Well, you have to pick good movies. You know, yeah. like I've seen people are like, "We're going to reenact Scarface today." Uh, and you're like, "Really? You're never going to have to use that accent. That wasn't even a real Cuban accent ever in acting. Like, why would you teach people this? Yeah. Oh, because you like it. That's that's the key." Uh, next is Father of the Bride. This is Steve Martin and Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Um, I still like this movie. This still holds up for me. It was way too syrupy for me at the time. Like I just too much cheese. It was, and you started getting the especially around Diane Keaton. You kind of get the soft focus uh, scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just like, "Who? This is not a real kitchen." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I know like, it is a set, yeah, like an obvious one. It's just bad. However, I say that now, and as a fifty-one-year-old, I'm like, oh, that's what my kitchen I want it to look like. So, <laughs> right, yeah, you want, it, but you know, it's a set, but still, you're like yeah. at the end of the day, I'd like to make a sandwich in there. Yeah, which just you can tell they never have done that in that kitchen, unless the script. No, holds, yeah. no, 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 absolutely not. Next on the list, we have a treat. This is one that Robert has covered. This is Death Becomes Her. Um, one of my this favorites. Is, is this, this is the right page? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell us so, about this, Robert. Um, yeah, so Death Becomes Her. I didn't get to see this in the theater because it was kind of, uh, I don't know if hmm. I kind of just missed it, but Robert Zemeckis, and so obviously uh, you, uh, you have, it's a kind of a special effects kind of extravaganza a little bit, and he's always kind of pushing the envelope, and so... Um, uh, Meryl Streep and not I don't know if it was her first comedy role I don't know if this became before and after She-Devil but Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis so same thing you got you know the top uh, actors kind of at their prime and uh, yeah so I just I just love it so obviously shot uh, mostly around Los Angeles and the Ebel Theater is supposed to be uh, Broadway and this church which I can't remember if this church is also used in Indiana Jones and Last Crusade or not it might be I might be Oh yeah good point um but yeah so I I made it a point to make a pilgrimage to a lot of these locations and do some reenactments as well there I am on Oh the I stairs. love the reenact yes. I love when you do the reenactments especially the hat in Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark on the, yeah, plane. the hat was 
that was multi multi purpose. So um, yeah, and yeah, there's another church I went to too. So which they were very kind. They actually, I don't know, I just show up and they're like, yeah, and they turn on all the lights for me. Uh, so which is very nice. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, but yes, very are you comfy. familiar with this movie? Have you watched it or? Oh yeah, yeah. This is a big favorite in our house. We watch this quite a bit. Um, Greystone Mansion's in it, right? Uh, I think they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I've updated my picture uh, page with that. So the um, uh, where he goes to do the uh, first, not autopsy, but uh, uh, what do you call it? Makeup. Yeah, the, the first. Uh, um, the first touch up. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I've been to the the mansion several times in Rodeo Drive. This is known for having a kind of big deleted subplot, um, and that really? had Tracy Ullman. Uh, and if you see the trailer, Tracy Ullman's still in the trailer, um, but she's nowhere to be seen oh. in the movie. So. Um, yeah. Um, What's the subplot? Um, I think she she befriends uh, Bruce Willis's character, and I think she's the one that she kind of they end up kind of growing old with, if I remember right. Um, and then they, they have to he he meets her at a bar or restaurant. I think she works there and stuff like that. So she was supposed to be kind of the the common thread on kind of the present day. Um, and they kind of, I'm not sure, they just kind of deleted that and uh, kind of reshot the ending. But uh, it still works. It's still a kind of a, I don't know if you call it a cult favorite, but uh, a lot of people still like it. I st it has one of my favorite lines that never works out of context, though. But <laughs> Which one? Uh, Goldie Hawn is talk, you know, going over the plan of, you know, like, um, you know, if we're po first we'll poison her drink. So no matter what cup she drinks from, uh, you know, she she'll, she'll be poisoned or whatever. And then Meryl Streep's head plops in the plate. And she goes, first, we'll finish dinner. And I don't know why that's... <laughs> <laughs> first, we'll finish dinner. <laughs> that is uh, a great line. Yeah, it it doesn't work out of context, but it's it's one of my no favorites. no no that's that's a good one. Uh, lines, I feel like as long as you appreciate it, just roll yes. with it, regardless <laughs> of how that looks. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned, I'll be on like a call or something, and somebody's there's too much noise, and I'll just say, "Quiet, all of you." They're approaching the Tyrannosaurus paddock. What? <sighs> just keep going, people. <laughs> Next is arguably the best entry in the Alien franchise, Alien Three. <laughs> It has Sigourney Weaver and her shaved head, you know, which at I the was, time was a big deal. Didn't she get like like an extra million bucks or something to do that? Um, I think, yeah, I think she might have got paid extra. Um, she, I was really excited for this one. Obviously, I was a big Alien mm -hmm. fan, and I remember I, even during opening credits, I was more excited because the 20th, uh, 20th Century Fox theme kind of st starts, and, and before it ends, it kind of it keeps going and kind of makes goes into uh, merges into the Alien. Oh, uh, yeah. soundtrack and uh it was one of those things where you, the more you're watching i'm just like sinking down in my seat i'm like this isn't yeah. this isn't right um but you know i think it's more studio interference uh david fincher this was his first big film and i was already familiar with him because he directed uh madonna's express yourself video and so you you do see some i saw some similarities uh in the the shots and stuff oh uh when I saw that, but, but yeah, you know, Scorny looked great. Um, it, it does have a, it's still meaningful, you know, when she, um, uh, falls back, but, and I didn't realize yeah. that was a reshoot. Uh, so if you look carefully, she, she wouldn't shave her head again. Um, so that's an actually skull cap, uh, bald cap that she, I did on. read that. Yeah. yeah. It was a reshoot and she was, she was gearing up for Dave. So she was not able to, <laughs> shave that 
Um, <sighs> I, I yeah, I still like this movie. Um, I was so I held on to this movie for a long time. I remember keeping like clip, like I did clip outs of like articles on this yeah. before it came out because I loved the first two and I never saw. I was too young to see them in the theater. I was probably too young to see this in the theater too. I was only like eleven, but whatever. And uh, I, I had bought the video game, and I was just so excited for Alien Three. I was like, amazing. And I had it on the uh, VHS, and I think for a while I was just in denial. You know, I was like, yeah, it's it's still good. They're prisoners, you know. Um, it has some moments, but yeah, yeah. Next is uh, a river runs through it. A river runs through it. <laughs> Brad Pitt, Tom Skerritt, and that other guy. Is it Redford? Is it, oh, who was in this? One? Redford directed it. Directed it. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who that other guy was. He was in. Uh, he was in like the program. He was good looking guy, but kind of faded away like mid '90s. Um, if you like Montana fly fishing, <laughs> this my, is your movie. My sister did some traveling, and she was uh, saw the spot or one of the spots they used uh, when she was traveling. Um, uh, she was doing accreditation out there, but but yeah. So I don't think I've seen this since it came uh, out, and so not quite not quite a fan. But also, I go back. This movie wasn't meant for me at this time. Yeah, it's okay. I, I it's beautifully shot, um, but it's kind of a slow burn, in my opinion. Uh, this next is Raising Kane. Um, this is another one that you shot the locations for. Have you seen uh, this one? Uh, let me see who's in it. I, I think so. Uh, John Lithgow. And apparently this one was, uh, uh, I was watching a video not too long about how they, oh, yeah. they, uh, <laughs> somebody found the original script and put the film back together the way original script was, because during the editing hmm. phase, they kind of jumbled it all around and, um, somebody kind of, uh, I haven't seen that actual that cut yet, but they. Uh, I think even De Palma said he thought that was cut was better. De Palma thought that the cut was better. Yeah, I think he I, he saw it or something like that and thought, yeah, that was probably better than uh, what was released. But this is where De Palma is getting to be a little ham-handed on his Hitchcockian uh, like things, kind of too on the nose, and you just kind of you lose yourself. You 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 bring yourself out of the movie. Yeah, did, didn't you feel that way? Um, I, I have seen this, and it did feel like, now that you mention it, it was a little too on the nose with, um, here's what I'm doing in this shot, and you yeah. kind of predict what's happening, right? Yeah. Not that that makes it bad or anything, but it, I feel like it was kind of a little like too much like a hack, you know, yeah. like here's what we're doing. So I think when I was in, in the San Jose area, I, was, I went to some of these locations, kind of in between San Jose and uh, San Francisco. Uh, these spots. These. This was a trip that you made recently, or is this a uh, No, this is about six years ago. So I was doing a. I was part of a, a training over at Stanford University, and so uh, during my off days, I would go do these locations. <laughs> I like that you covered Raising Cane. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're in town, you know my rule. Hey, when in Rome, you're so a completist. It, it has a fan somewhere, I think. <laughs> it, there's somebody out there that likes this movie. Yeah. And hopefully they're not listening to this show. <laughs> Next hey, I, is... I covered it for them. <laughs> you did. You're a righteous man. Next is Charles Grodin in his finest role ever. Beethoven. So was this... Were... I was this... young. I saw this in the theater. Yeah. I don't... That's, that's the only time I've seen it. I, I didn't like dog movies as a kid. I didn't like Turner and Hooch. I wasn't a big fan of this, so I'm not the best candidate to give my like 
opinion on, the, so, on this. Yeah, and I was would say way too old for this uh, at the time, but uh, but yeah. So I think I've seen it once. I think I might have it on Laserdisc actually. But uh, oh, but cool. yeah, uh, yeah. As a twenty-two year old, yeah, I was way above this movie. <laughs> yeah, not really. You weren't the target audience. Yeah. Uh, Sneakers is next. This is Robert, Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Computer hacking. Yep. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Uh, River Phoenix. So this is actually one of my favorites from the 90s. And uh, I actually did most of the locations for this, but I just have not created a page yet. So No? Next year will be the uh, 30th anniversary. So uh, oh, cool. I will, I will make sure I will do it in time for them. I like that you wait till the anniversary is an appropriate time, and you don't just slap him in there. Sometimes I do. Uh, sometimes, yeah, I, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you do you do some good work. Uh, yeah, I, I, Sneakers is a good film. Um, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood, his arguably his finest role. I think he won this movie won Best Picture, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think so. I think it won a couple Oscars, if I remember. So, great movie. Uh, I, it still holds up for me. I, I'm not even a big western guy, but this movie. Does everything you a Western wouldn't do, and then gives you what you want at the very end. Uh, it's a good flick, and I think it, it is still held held up as the modern Western. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah. this came out like just after Dances with Wolves, and this kind of brought like a resurgence in westerns. And then like Maverick came out, and mm-hmm. Back to the Future Three. Oh. <laughs> 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 All roads lead to Back to the Future 3. (laughs) They all do. No matter what road you're on, you're going to see a flying train. Uh, It still holds up for us. Last of the Mohicans. This is Daniel Day-Lewis in the Uh, French and Indian War. But, uh, yeah, so this really has not held up for me, but this kind of seems more up your alley of films that you really like. You know what? It doesn't hold up as well yeah. for me either. Um, I still watch it once in a blue moon. The music's great, and you know, but it's too melodramatic, believe it or not, for Daniel Day Lewis. Um, there, there's a lot of, you know, like extra long kind of love scenes where they're kind of looking at each other, and uh, I, I don't know. I felt like they didn't get the right balance of like romanticism and like war backdrop. You know? Yeah. It's just kind of. It doesn't hold up. Uh, for me as well, either, unfortunately. Now, I only included My Cousin Vinny because it is an Oscar winner. <laughs> it <laughs> somehow, is. Somehow. Yeah. Uh, so, Marissa Vinny. Tomei, and there's always that urban legend that she didn't actually win, that somebody, he read off the wrong name, or whatever right. it happens to be, but, uh, which we now know can happen. But <laughs> What is a ute? I'm sorry, but, the youths. <laughs> The two defendants. <laughs> uh, I love. I love my cousin Vinny. It still holds up for me. This was Ralph Macchio post Karate Kid Three. So was yes. this like one of his last movies where he was still like a relevant Hollywood guy? I think so. I think, and he's always kind of been in that kind of place, you know, where he shows up. It's funny because you know he has recognition when he shows up on screen, but he just is doesn't. He doesn't have that star power. Good point. He does. He he does have that recognition. Um, I do like this movie. I like all the char- the supporting characters too. I think they're great. Uh, single, single white, white female. This is Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, probably is my favorite scene 
with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who also cut her hair into a red short bob, coming down the stairs to look just like Bridget Fonda. And I don't remember it, that. Oh my, it's one of my favorite moments where. Uh, so this was, uh, was it last, last week where we talked about Pacific Heights and stuff like that, where, yeah. where people get into your lives and you can't, you know, it's more or less squatters, but in your life, <laughs> uh, oh, you, right. can't, you can't get rid of them. And so for some reason, those kind of movies always work for me because I just, I put myself and I'm like, this is impossible. I wouldn't know what to do, but yeah, it's scarier that way. Yeah. Like it, that kind of thing just makes you very uncomfortable. It does its job. Yes. Uh, I don't think I've seen this. Is this still a, does this still hold up for you? Um, I haven't seen it in a while. It does just for nostalgia purposes only. Okay. Sometimes that's all that's all you need. That's all it takes. It's a good, you know, Sunday afternoon watch. There you go. Sometimes it's all it takes and sometimes it's not enough. Not Looking a- at you, <laughs> Night at the Roxbury. Oof. Painful. Not even worth the time. I wonder if you could break up with somebody by playing that movie on a date. <laughs> You, probably you know, could. like if that would cause a breakup instead of actually breaking up, you go, hey, yeah. I got a movie going on and you do Night at the Roxbury. That could end you know, a marriage. If it's going bad and you don't want to continue, that's what you do. You just put on. And the bad thing is that person that could be like, <laughs> this is my favorite. And you're like, crap, I gambled wrong. This is, I know, total backfire. Yeah. Um, next is Grand Canyon. This is Kevin Klein, Danny Glover, and Steve Martin. Yeah. So this, this is... is uh, there's a lot of there's more people in here. I'm not I'm not mentioning. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of has one of those uh, multicast uh, where it's kind of uh, people's lives kind of weave together. So it's very LA centric. So I think this is why it, it's continues to be one of my favorites. And I've actually gone to many locations. I haven't created a page for it yet. Um, uh, but I do remember I was searching and searching for this house, and I think another a friend of mine uh, that was uh, it's filmed there was also looking for this house. And uh, we're like, oh, I think it's here. And we're like, whatever. And I had the movie on in the background one time. And I'm like looking for it. And she calls for an ambulance. And she gives the actual house address. <laughs> oh, really? I, and all my times, I, you know, I'm just like looking at clues. I'm just looking visually for clues. Yeah. Um, and the one, I was like not watching it. And I heard she says, you know, something, something, Avalon Street. And I'm like, I'm like that can't be it. And I'm like, sure enough, she gave the actual address for the, the house. Oh, my the gosh. Down. What a win-win. I know. So it's just like, I, I was like oh, I'm a, I'm a stupid set jetter. I can't figure it out. I, I wonder if that was a conscious decision or just an oversight in the script. Uh, yeah, I don't. Obviously, it had to be conscious because I don't think it would be written to the script. Yeah, I, right. That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't know. but That's really interesting. Um. Next is Candyman. Candyman. Uh, what's the actor's name in this? Uh, the uh, woman. The, the black dude. Todd. No, just it's just. Lost I think he's it. one of those guys I always think is dead, but he's alive. No, well, probably because he's he's in all the the Final Destination. So. Oh, that's uh, probably it. That's why, yeah, it kind of works for him. So Tony Todd. Tony Todd. This is a. Um, this is one of one of your favorites, right? Uh, it's not. No. But yeah, I was kind of like, uh, it was kind of. There's some things I really didn't like about it when it came out, and then uh, I, now I have more appreciation for it. I I think I watched it not too long ago, all the way through, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, oh. this movie had more going for it than I remembered, and I think it might have been sullied a little bit by the sequels. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Re- 
remake or requel uh, that's coming out, I know I got delayed. Um, obviously, it ties back to this one somehow, but I'm not sure how much. Uh, but I'm, it, I will go see that. Yeah, the, you're right. I think the original one is 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 good enough. It's um, it's got some some good scares, but yeah, those sequels, um, they really kind of they tarnish the brand. Yes. <laughs> they tarnished. I'm going to start just saying that. Do you like it? Well, the brand was tarnished. Tarnished, but yeah. <laughs> tarnished. Uh, Scent of a Woman. This is Al Pacino as the blind guy that says that one line that everyone quotes. Right? I don't even remember that. Yeah. I was, is it Chris O'Donnell's in this one too? Yeah, that tells yeah. you the movie sucks. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know right away. It's like, oh, is, Chris, is this the new Chris O'Donnell movie? Yeah. Who knew that he would top this one in a couple of years with uh, Batman and Robin? Yeah, <laughs> but so yeah, bad. not not a fan. But Vertical obviously, way. this kind of hit. People liked it. Yeah, I'm unpopular in my opinion with this. I I just think it's such an overrated movie. Like Al Pacino is a great actor in anything he does, so you're gonna get some scenes where he's like, you know, there's no one better. It's Al Pacino. He's arguably like. The top three of all time, but this movie, I don't. Oh, I don't know. This is where he also kind of started playing an Al Pacino. That, mm, yeah, good point. You know? Right, I'm Al Pacino. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I want, Robbie. Oh, oh, I can't wait till we get to Jack and Jill, whatever year that came out. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. What year is that? Oh, I want to say 2008 or something. I I'm think not so. Sure. Yeah, but which I did do those locations. I'm, Did you really? Oh my god, I I love how you. how bad that film is. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, that's Adam Sandler one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is bad. Um, next is Bugsy. This is Warren Beatty post Dick Tracy playing Bugsy Siegel, Jewish gangster in Beverly Hills. Um, so I um I liked. I guess I like these films that take the period piece seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like it, and I think I remember I liked Annette Benning more than her performance more than his. In this yeah, film. yeah, no, she did a great job. Um, it has a yeah, it's historically accurate as far as we know, and um, I feel like the the cast and the dialogue is very respectful to the period. And also, I'm I'm kind of a mob historian. I've I've read a lot about the mob and Bugsy Siegel, and like they incorporated a lot of the other families that were involved like pretty well so it's a it's nice. a cool nice. it's a cool film uh the player 1992 one of my favorites so uh tim robbins tim robbins uh robert altman altman film um and obviously it's super hollywood centric and i remember waiting for this to, to come, finally hit omaha because it was one of those that did have a wide release but uh but yeah so it was just kind oh. of ex- met all expectations and i loved the ending uh so obviously this film is littered with stars and celebrities in the background you know jack lemon playing a piano and uh there's just uh celebrities throughout so it felt like a real hollywood and then they just they they go that extra length because when that the film they're making actually comes true that you you get to see a part of the end scene and it's uh julia roberts you know in the uh, the gas chamber, and Susan Sarandon's her her crying mother. And I think Louise Fletcher is the, is the guard, and Bruce Willis comes in and saves her. And it was just perfect Hollywood at that time. I was just impressed that they got all those people, more or less, to play themselves to end this movie 
uh, to be able to do that. So it still holds up for me that way. Yeah, that's quite a feat. That's pretty interesting, too. Lyle uh, Lovitz in it? Yes. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, filmed at the Rialto Theater in Pasadena in the back. Oh, right. And inside as well. But yeah, so I've been to a lot of these locations. Obviously, I've not posted yet. So we'll save that for the anniversary, too. Speaking, oh, no, that's not next. Um, we'll save that for the anniversary. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is um, Donald Sutherland and uh, Paul Rubens and yeah, Christy what, Swanson. Christy Swanson. She's like, um, I'm, I don't want to be a part of your Harry Mole Club. <laughs> uh, so I think this has been included because obviously this is one of those examples where a movie becomes a TV show and the TV show becomes uh, much more popular than the movie that a lot of people don't even know is actually a movie at the time. Yeah. Luke, Luke, Luke Perry. It's w- with, what with, more to say? With his soul patch. I think I, I had a soul patch for a while just because of that. He did have the soul patch. Yeah. It worked I'm on surprised him. Calendar Girl with Jason Priestley isn't on these lists. Uh, yeah, that one did not work for me. But That uh, one it actually went out of print. I Googled it? that the other day. Cause, <laughs> do you remember that movie? Yeah. I was like, I've never seen that since like it was on HBO in like the summer of 92. And, and so I, I Wikipedia'd it, and it's like, this movie has since gone out of print. I'm like, oh, they just stopped it. Like, it's gone forever. Maybe Jason um, Christie had something to do with that. I don't know. But Maybe. Do you know uh, what I really did like, and I didn't think I would, was the 90210, I don't know what they call it, the reboot, but the a couple years ago they did, a, uh, where they, the actors were playing themselves in a kind of a new version. Um, yeah, was, that wasn't only, bad only lasted one season and uh, i just thought it was hilarious and especially yeah. you know tori spelling playing yeah. herself that she's broke and they can't have afford credit cards and <laughs> and her, her husband that played her in the reboot was her husband and or her boyfriend and mother may I sleep with danger you know so it had all these kind <laughs> of meta references that i just thought i liked when they had the, the big the script reading and everybody had to get out their big glasses <laughs> <laughs> read so i i thought they they did a good job but i agree it was the new 90210 or something the new Beverly hills yeah um i'll have to uh oh i want to mention i'll buffer the vampire slayer i canada by the way it was shot in canada wasn't it (laughs) they did a few uh exterior shots uh to say you know we're at this hotel and then they went shot in uh canada of course what where else would you shoot 90210 yeah, I but I can see exactly why they did that. Like to get that show, the budget to close down like Beverly Hills in twenty whatever it was. Like, there's no way that that show can do that. Probably back in the day, but people probably wanted to. I mean, things got a little bit more expensive. So, yeah. uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer does that still hold up? I I've seen this movie a lot, but I was like a Everyone? kid. Yeah, it it didn't. Uh, the series did. The movie did not. Yeah, not and good. And Christy Swanson does definitely does not for me. So, no, not at all. Uh, next is speaking of Madonna, Body of Evidence. <laughs> I may have talked about this one before, but I remember I was going to go see the Rebel Heart tour in Portland, and one of my Madonna friends like, oh, "Are you going to go to uh, BOD locations?" And I'm like, "What the hell is BOD?" And he's like, "Or BOE." I said, "He said Body of Evidence," and I'm like, "I've never seen it." And uh, as we talked about before, I usually avoid <laughs> Madonna movies if I can. But um, I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll go check this movie out. And then, of course, I had to go to uh, a couple of the locations uh, for it. So the mansion is a, 
a mansion you can actually visit and and take tours um so where they kind of shot that so um but yeah so but probably to answer your question does the movie hold up no but it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be was it not as bad as you thought it'd be because you went in there thinking it would be like awful atrocious or... yeah yeah but it was it, you, you go i this is a movie that i'm like oh you get what you pay for you know <laughs> you're getting yeah you're getting your yeah. money's worth and obviously. julianne Moore again she just she... <laughs> she's she was doing a lot of work uh oh yeah she has a scene where she slaps madonna i feel like i i would like to ask julianne more about that scene oh really like yeah. in the face yeah oh what was this all this whole movie shot in this mansion in Oregon? No, that just a lot of the opening scenes and then there later there's a restaurant they're at or I guess I went to the cemetery you can see um uh yeah oh. so actually I went to more locations than I remember for this this film but um I just remember the restaurant that they went to I think since I've been there that that whole block has been kind of raised I don't think that even exists anymore but well Willem Dafoe's in this? Oh yes. <laughs> Plain Willem Dafoe. Yeah, well, of course. He's almost kind of playing the same uh, character he plays in American Psycho a little bit. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, is the movie, is this a long movie? Um, no, it probably feels a little bit longer than uh, it should. But, uh, but, yeah. but it's not like crazy. It's, yeah, it's not super crazy because, you know, the, people still had short attention spans in the, in the 90s. So it's probably a hundred minute film, if I remember correctly. And it looks like it was all shot in yeah. Oregon, at least. Yeah, and I remember this. This uh, was being turned into a hotel. This um, uh, this place that she goes to, and so I I came in saying, "Oh, can I take pictures?" They had no idea it was used in the movie, so people can I get. Oh, they didn't know. Yeah, so, but they were really nice about that. I wonder if you can get into restaurants that are full up with reservations. Be like, "Oh, I'm just taking pictures for the movie." And you're like, "Oh, come on in. Why well, am in here? That table's open." <laughs> I'm just going to sit down and take a picture of it. Well, I, really? I've done that. Yeah. Before. I did that at the Denny's from Drive with Rand Gosling and saying, I want to wait for that table. That's the table I want to did sit Did you at. really? Yeah. Where and is another, the Denny's from Drive? Um, it's downtown. I, I, I'm not sure if it's a Denny's anymore, but it was a Denny's at the time. In Los Angeles. Yep. Yep. Uh, body of Evidence does not hold up. Next is Bob Roberts. What the hell is yes. this? Tim Robbins again. So um, th this is um, a film where, uh, have you not heard of it, new, new to you? I have it on Laserdisc. I'll, I'll lend it to you. Oh, nice. I like that you have Laserdiscs. I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in discs. So he, I'd like to revisit this because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but it's a, a fake documentary following him around as a politician um, and uh, kind of everything going on. Jack, I think it was Jack Black's first role or one of his first roles. And uh, Susan Sarandon has a cameo, I remember, uh, at the time. Alan Rickman. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so if you are able to catch this somewhere, I think I saw it streaming somewhere once. Um, I think it's definitely worth a watch. And I'd be curious on how the politics um, now, 30 years later, uh, how we view this movie. Might, it's yeah. always interesting. Like, I just watched Dave recently and some of the politics. You're like, really? That's what you guys care about? 1993? <laughs> That was the big issue. That was a big deal. Do you remember, Dave? Yeah, I they were like, uh, "We yeah. got to cut six hundred and fifty million dollars in the budget." I'm like, "That's it? That's that's, that's the like what we thing. spend on like stationery now in the government." <laughs> that's nothing. It's a joke. But but Bob Roberts holds up for you. This is a good it, film. It does. Yeah. 
check it out. I'm all about. Oh, it takes place in Pennsylvania. Political movie. Oh um, yeah, I'm sold. Those locations. Yeah, love it. Uh, yes, indeed. Next is Noises Off. 1992's Noises Off. What is this one, Mr. This Mr. is Patterson? based on a play that is made into a movie with uh, Carol Burnett and John Ritter and Nicolette Sheridan and uh, lots of other people. Uh, Julie Haggerty uh, from Airplane, which is one of my favorites. Oh, so, cool. Um, so, yeah, so this, this still holds up for me probably because performances and it's a, it's a, what do you call those, kind of mad, you know, slapper type of place where, you know, things things that could go wrong do. It's kind of a maladies of kind of wrong time, wrong place and so forth. So uh, Christopher Reeve uh, is in this as well. But Carol um, Burnett, Michael Caine. Yeah. So you, um, yeah, performances and there's still parts that I just laugh at and there's still parts that I, I still say lines from this movie. I like quotable movies. This is Ladies good. So gentlemen. Noises Off still holds up for you. And lastly, on honorable mentions, is Gate 2. I only put this in there because a lot of people don't know there's even a Gate 2. No. Um, but when I was doing my research for Gate 1 locations, um, and at the time it was just, a, they, it wasn't on Blu-ray or even DVD. There was just a really crappy copy. Um, but I, I was able to find the Gate 2 house is actually just up the street from the Gate 1 house. And... Uh, I remember the oh. owner at the, at the time was was nice. He was outside and let me go in the backyard and and take pictures and and we talked a little bit about uh, the film and stuff. So he he knew that his house was a location, like he was there yep. when. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So. I but, remember uh, your gate one entry. Uh, we talked about that at one point for the show. Yeah. I don't remember uh, when, but but gate two. This is these are good shots though. You did a good job of matching them up. Yeah, so usually I would come with you know my my screenshots are kind of the, the best of my ability. So, uh, and then sometimes you're just in the flurry of like, well, I'm not going to get every shot, but I do my best uh, to kind of see what's different, what's not, and um, see what works. And yeah, this is all in Canada. Uh, yes, Toronto, north of Toronto. I remember oh, it, was, cool. it was kind of drive to get up there, but I was on a mission. You, you're a completist. I am, and so you can kind of see my screen cap quality is not too good. So, but it has been released on Blu-ray, but I haven't pulled the trigger to invest in that yet. Yeah, your shots are like a hundred times better than the film's <laughs> photography. I'm not cre- ready to make that investment, but it's I not on your, I don't love your the film list of priorities. Much. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, Gate One house is right down that street. You can actually almost see it in the background. Down the street. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Did you shoot uh, shots from that movie when you were here, or was that another trip altogether? Uh, same, same trip, yeah. I was going to say, that would be ambitious to do two for Gate, <laughs> that if you had to drive north, like far up north in Canada. Uh, you know, I, I'm, Toronto's on my list to revisit because there are some locations I couldn't even get to. Um, just ran out of time, so I will be back. Are you going to do uh, more of the Stan 2020 locations? <laughs> you, you know what? So, I forget somebody on my website said, "Oh, you, where's this at?" And I forgot. I don't think I've even answered. I forgot about it. So I was like, I, I, "At some point, I will." Because I was in Vancouver, so yeah. next time I go to Vancouver, I will. I will make it right for for the stand. Uh, somebody was asking about the stand. Yeah. Oh, there's somebody that actually cares. It's not yeah. you or I. <laughs> somebody else watched it. It's probably I haven't like, seen one of the. Uh, have you met people that have watched the stand that aren't myself or you? Because I haven't. I don't think so. I don't think. Right. No, I, don't I think feel so, like yeah. 
We're the only people that watch that miniseries. Nobody cares. (laughs) Did you think it should have gotten a little bit more interest? I mean, it is Stephen King. Short story about a pandemic during the pandemic. Good actors. I I felt like it, it... I don't know. Maybe it was just that bad off the bat. People stopped watching right away. I think, yeah, the first episode, if you're not too familiar, if you weren't into it like we were just to kind of see it through, (laughs) uh, there was no reason to kind of keep going. You're like, what is this? No. You know, it's just not, will not hold my interest. Yeah, that makes sense. Skarsgård, you let us down. (laughs) We expected more, more star power. Dancing and the the Euro rave at, yeah, uh, you're you're right though. Your theory about that scene—that is what—that's the (laughs) the straw that broke the camel's back. God saw that dancing with. Do you believe in heaven? And he was like, "No." Okay, and finally is uh, let's see what we got. Um, Can't look away. 1992. (laughs) These are a list of bad movies that we still watch. Uh, Robert, what do you have here? Ooh. I have a tie. So I had Raising Cain is kind of what I thought about first because that's one of those that obviously I've watched a couple times, even though I don't like it um, and went to the locations for it. But um, I think I'm going to go instead with Sleepwalkers, uh, which is a Stephen King uh, r- screenplay. I mean, he actually wrote it, wrote it, um, and I actually have done locations for it, but have not posted yet. Um, uh, but uh, th- that, that's one of those that I actually got to see on the big screen a couple of years ago. They were playing it at uh, Alamo, and I got to kind of see it. But oh, so cool! It's uh, yeah. There, there's things in the screenplay you're like, what? You know, why? Why do they do that? But it's written by the king himself. So you're like, all right, this is it's king. He thinks it's good. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a good movie. I mean, it's a bad movie, but I still like Sleepwalkers a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's people turning into cats. <laughs> like, come on. Like, literally. So, yeah, um, like, but yeah, so I, uh, I'll i have those locations done in time for, for the anniversary next year. But And they were all over Los Angeles, including Franklin Canyon Reservoir and uh, the, uh, I think it was the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. So all over the place. I like that they you were able to see that theatrically. Like you said, a few years ago, like well uh, past ninety two. Uh, oh yeah, just like two years ago. At, oh, wow. at the, the Alamo does uh, different screenings and stuff like, or had you know, hopefully they will reopen. I think this month in Omaha, but they would do kind of special screenings of, of films and so. Uh, and it's different, even if you've seen movies like Sleepwalkers. To, when, it's different when you actually see them on the big screen, and all yes. you have to do is pay attention to that, and you're not distracted by your phones and or pausing to, to go do things. Even 100%. though I am taking notes, uh, if I see a location or a clue, I write it down so I don't forget. Do you? That's good. Well, yeah. see, that you're, you're a craftsman. It's like a critic taking notes. You have yeah. to do it. <laughs> but yeah, I do agree with you. When you're watching it theatrically, it's like you have to. It's like being on a plane. You have no, nowhere to go but here. You're going to focus on this. Yes. Um, I'm surprised they showed Sleepwalkers. That's kind of a cool, like weird entry to show. It is, and they and sometimes they have uh, they call them Alamo parties, and so where they have a little bit they or sing-alongs. So like Xanadu, they had kind of a, a glow along, and you had uh, necklaces, and you know you, you blow bubbles at one point, and uh, oh, that's encourage so cool. people to kind of have fun with it. The Shining, I remember they gave out uh, an axe, <laughs> a blow-up awesome. axe, and a keychain, and they had kind of different things that you're kind of supposed to do. 
uh, at the time. So, so they have fun for it. Usually Alamo is known for no texting, no talking. But if it's a yeah. party, they do allow uh, kind of the, some of the festivities to go along. That's my kind of chain. And, uh, and there's been times where, uh, I think we talked about it a, long, a while ago, they had the Halloween marathon, which was a day. Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, and H2O. They showed them all on the same screen. Yeah, you sat there. No way. How do they do that? Day. Did they like stop when one was done? Did they was there like a break or did they just jump right into it? They do it? about a five minute break in between. So, which part of me is like, don't let's just keep going because we have the credits. Nobody needs to. We've all seen that. if we if you're sitting through a Halloween. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, if you've seen it before, you're just gonna. Yeah, and actually, they weren't supposed to show Halloween too. Um, but after Halloween 1 ended, they said, well, we have a treat for you. We actually are going to show Halloween 2. You just can't tell anybody because they legally aren't. Oh, they didn't have like the to. rights to show yeah. that? And I was like, uh, on one hand, I was excited to uh, see Halloween 2 on the big screen. Yeah. On the 2, I was like, oh, we just added another two hours to it. <laughs> yeah, that's an ambitious day. That's a good like 10-hour yeah. day. But I wanted to see H2O on the big screen because I had just been, I think, the uh, to the location. And so I thought, oh, I, I want to see where I've been kind of on the big screen. I hadn't seen it on the big screen since 1998. Oh, yeah. That was when the universe, um, the stars aligned that year. Because that was, I saw H2O. I think it might even have been opening night on the big screen in 98. And I remember when I watched that, the, uh, the scene, you know, in the house, the beginning, it, where, you know, she gets killed and they show like, the cops all showing up yep. and the music's playing. That got me all jacked up, man. I was like 17, 18 or something like that. And I was like, this is fucking great. I was so excited. Mr. So Sandman excited. they started with. I was like, oh. I like, I knew it. This is, and it, it wasn't spoiled. I yet. love it. I, I vaguely remember in Fangoria magazine reading something that um, the nurse was coming back. And, and But I, I already kind of forgot about it by the time I saw the movie. And I remember oh. uh, I had a friend that, I think they were, had something on Entertainment Tonight. And this kind of shows you what it was like in 98, where... Uh, once something was on, you never got to see it again. <laughs> so he's like, "Here's what I remember seeing." Um, she, Michael was in a hallway, and he 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 was on the floor, and he you know sat up and da da da. And I was like, "I was like, tell me more. What what other details do you have?" So, but that's so cool. You saw, you've seen every almost every Halloween except for the first two in the theater, right? Yeah, actually, I've seen the first Halloween multiple times in the big theater, just not during its initial run so oh that's so cool yeah that's that that's what you want to do um my can't look away can't stinks. look away it stinks <laughs> it, it is a stinker speaking of, of an invisible man <laughs> it's so bad but i i i just I, I can't i can't look away it's chevy chase doing like wacky stuff invisible daryl hannah's in it now it's bad i'll give it it has some good special effects i think uh, him jogging hmm. on the beach Mm -hmm. uh still holds up for me i uh that however they did that um still kind of works um but the movie uh what what makes you that you can't look away that you still have to you have to see it through um chevy chase one he's just kind of funny in that uh and i do like the special effects like the rain you know when he's like the rain's on him and stuff like that uh i do like oh sam neal's in it too i like this came out um, obviously pre-Jurassic Park, but I watched this after Jurassic Park, so I was just like, ah, oh, it's Dr. Grant, you know, it's got to be great. 
And it worked so. out because then he had Sam and uh, in the mouth of madness, and you know, I yeah. assume this is kind of where they met. But um, but yeah, it, it should work. So. You know, you have Chevy Chase, you have uh, Daryl Hannah, and you have Sam Neill. That you know, all the things should be aligned to be able to do it. But it's just kind of a, obviously. I still went to the locations, so I have some. You did for it. <laughs> yeah, like on paper, everything. It's a good story it's yeah. just it it i don't know it tries too much or not enough in some some parts and it doesn't yeah. gel as well as it could i think but i will still continue to watch it um i think that's going to be our show robert unless you have anything else you wanted to slice in no now we're gonna be starting to get to the mid 90s which obviously 93 was a a good year we we start, we'll start getting into kind of these tentpole summer movies yeah, things are heating up with the summer yeah. blockbusters. And, and they would just rule everything for quite a while. And yeah, and you're going to look, uh, you know, when blockbusters ruled the earth. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a bad yeah. reference. Well, it, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the next episode. I'm excited for the mid-90s. We're heating up. Things are getting interesting. And things could also be getting bad. If you look I at some think, of these yeah. lists. I think I'm going to have to go down and start looking near the bottoms of box office, too, because that's where some of the independent films will live. Oh, yeah, yeah. We should do some of those as well. By the way, before we go, what is your shirt? I, I should just cut off. I can't. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, uh, Rest of Development. a huge mistake. Oh, yeah. nice. I like it. I, what, what kind of mistake did you make? <laughs> I always make mistakes, so I Me guess I, I could have found a, a 1992 film. I don't think I have any 92 film shirts. I don't think I even have a Batman Returns shirt. Nothing. Hmm. I have nothing for this. I do have an Alien 3 shirt that is uh, original, really? which means I can't fit into it. But it is it be, the, the it logo like, the Alien? Yeah, green the Alien? Yeah. Oh, so, so cool. It would fit me like a Spanx shirt, so I will not be wearing that. <laughs> Robert doesn't age. It'd probably yeah. fit like a glove. <laughs> do you have a Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead shirt? Uh, I do not. Great flip. I know. That, that was a popular uh, post- this past week i loved it you did a great job with that and i i felt I, uh uh you got it rose or i'm right on top of that rose <laughs> so like that that's you, you got it rose a lot of people still use so and i think i was in the area and i just happened to be by that house so i took a picture so there's nothing that's screen matching i think i had a total of three pictures in my role for <laughs> for that but yeah but it's but you got the house that's all that, yeah. that people remember and uh and the, I always I used to eat at that Chipotle, uh, which was actually the the burger place at the time off of Sunset Boulevard, which is right next to the Elm Street house. So that's usually my Chipotle that I stop and eat lunch oh, cool. at sometimes. But at the time, it was the the burger place. Is that the Chipotle near Sunset and like Highland? Uh, no, this one's farther. Down. This is like literally on Genesee Street or next to Genesee Street. So the Elm Street house is just. I think I, yeah, I think I know where that is. That's cool. I think I've eaten at that Chipotle actually once. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, that's going to be our show. Thank you to Robert Patterson for coming on. Thank you for listening to uh, the podcast Set Jetter Saturdays. And we will see you at the movies. I, do, I need to come up with a better tagline, but I feel like we need a tagline. Like, <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. see you at, at, we'll see you at the, on the, the streaming set. service. <laughs> we'll see you on the set. That's it. Robert Patterson, Matthew Clark. See you next week. We'll see you on the set.
Well, that's too much to 